0: Welcome to NFTs Made Simple. Today we're joined by Jordan Gitterman, and he's tokenizing real life objects. Pretty fascinating. No dragon today, dragon miss you, love ya. But hey, I'm Mark Savant, we're here to make it simple. Welcome to NFTs Made Simple. DJ, run it. NFTs are changing the world, and change can feel complicated and scary. But listen, you don't need a computer science degree. You don't need to learn how to code. You just need practical skills to win. If you are here, you are in the 1% of humans that are preparing for this major cultural shift. We're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep it light. We're going to make it practical. Welcome to NFTs Made Simple. Just a reminder, we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. You should do your own research. Hey, let's get into it. Jordan, what's up? Welcome to NFTs Made Simple. Mark, pleasure to be here. Yeah, my pleasure too. We've gotten connected because you host a lot of events here locally in the South Florida area, which by the way, y'all, if you're not in Miami, Dade, Palm Beach County, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is where it's happening. Um, But Jordan, why don't you give us a little bit of background on you? How did you get started? How did you get interested in NFTs?
1: Um, It came from the money. So that's how I got involved in blockchain and cryptocurrencies, where I saw uh, the money was, our money is fake. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's nothing backing fiat currencies. And so I got into commodities. And then finally, when Bitcoin came out I saw Bitcoin, I got involved in uh, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and of course, recently now NFTs. So that's the, the short version of how I got involved in, in this particular sector.
0: Well, I'll tell you when the federal government just started or the fed just started printing and printing and printing, I kind of got that vibe too. That what, what does this even mean? The flip side though, is I think when a lot of people hear about the value of Bitcoin, of Ethereum, of NFTs in general, the first thing they say is, oh, that's fake money. That's play money. Why is that? Why is it not fake? Give me your experience there.
1: Well, they're not, it's not necessarily backed, for example, Bitcoin by hard goods per se. And, um, so there can be some argument for that, but it's not. It's By the definition of money, um, it's holding its value. There is a mechanism for creating this money. It doesn't just come out of thin air. There's mechanisms for it. So Bitcoin, which most people don't really know, Bitcoin's actually a reward for running their blockchain. So the Bitcoin blockchain it runs autonomously and you have people that are working as sort of like independent contractors and for verifying transactions and for creating the blocks. It's a blockchain and the blocks are synonymous with like a ledger, a virtual ledger. So for, for managing this, this blockchain, this system that runs autonomously, people are rewarded and they're rewarded with, with Bitcoin for doing that. And so there's an actual governance and a, a very transparent way that this is is working and how um, the cryptocurrency in this case bitcoin is created whereas with fiat currency right now they're just printing money whenever they feel like it and they're printing a lot of money whenever they feel like it so that, that's the difference in bitcoin you know, notice going to be a maximum of 23 million of them um, the rewards are stated how you're going to be rewarded, um, and in next year there's something called a halving where the reward is cut in half. But because uh, because Bitcoin is has been increasing in value virtually every year, even though the reward is diminished, the percentage is diminished, you're still going to get a decent reward because Bitcoin continues to go up in value. So currently, I think it's around twenty three thousand. Um, if you looked at it as uh it's rise, it's pretty steady, you know, even though it's very volatile, it's still steadily going up.
0: Right. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, not financial advice. You don't actually lose unless you realize the loss, meaning if you cash out, that's when you lose. So I'm, I'm very bullish on Bitcoin, particularly long-term. And I do just want to give a quick definition to everyone. The, the concept that Jordan is sharing here, where people are rewarded for solving these complicated uh, coding problems. This is what we call proof of work, proof of work by accomplishing the work. You get a benefit back. Uh, Bitcoin also deflationary, um, it not inflationary like us dollars. The, the thing here though, and you know, we kind of talked about this in some of the earlier episodes of NFTs made simple is that a lot of these blockchains are getting away from proof of work and moving over to a proof of stake model. Uh, the goal that, you know, you saw Ethereum do that this year, moving from ETH to ETH2. What are your thoughts on blockchain's long term? If it's if, you know, because you can't switch to proof of of stake in my experience. Right. So is that going to be a problem for Bitcoin long term to be on a proof of work model? I don't think so. Um,
1: I think that uh, Bitcoin and there's it, 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 Bitcoin's original protocol, which is BSV, Um and BTC also, I don't think that that is gonna be an issue, proof of work. I don't see any reason why it would be an issue.
0: Well, I think that the main issues that are brought up is that it's it's very energy intensive to solve these problems. You need to run graphic processors, which you know require a lot of cooling. They take a lot of, of information. My computer, I was, I was playing a game the other day. I was like, I can't play this game because my computer just doesn't have the power. It does not have the power to do it. So I think that's the big question is like, you know and i actually had a team member who was working on production of this show and said mark i'm not comfortable working on the production because i don't think that it's good for the environment long term i ended up changing his mind and being like listen i i hear you but um i think that is a concern i think that's one of the big concerns people have about bitcoin particularly
1: so that entering into a climate <laughs> change discussion i i really don't think it's a a major problem i think that there's other like BSC, for example, with the block sizes is larger, you don't have quite as much of an energy output where BTC, um, they over time have made the blockchains, block sizes rather smaller. Mm. And uh, it's created again, the, the need and necessity to continually create more blocks. Um, but I don't I don't see it as a problem, but that's a whole other discussion, I think. We can yeah, get for sure. Up. And, all and all even,
0: up. you know, climate climate change discussion aside, it does take energy to run and energy is expensive. And, you know, as we're seeing in other countries and in, in Europe, for example, like energy is becoming a pretty freaking
1: big deal. Um, so if we're looking at a the energy of a monetary system. Think about how much energy our current monetary system expels. Um, it's far more than than what Bitcoin does. You know, um, so it's yeah. I don't think that's well I definitely
0: I I agree with you there, Jordan. I think that there's nuance. I think it's really easy to get caught up in level A, but when you start to expand and look out at it all the ramifications of decisions, I think that it's certainly more complex. Um I wanna kinda I kinda segue into the events that you've been hosting. So you host a lot of events here locally, crypto, blockchain events. What have been your biggest takeaways from those events?
1: Um that you know this this particular industry is in its very infancy. Um most people have no idea what's going on. And the people that have some idea, the majority of them are really just focused on the speculation of, of cryptocurrencies. Some of those people are, I mean, are very, very smart intelligent people, but most people are really not involved in the actual utility of it. Um, Although it is growing, you know there are more projects coming aboard, and obviously, you know people have heard about all the, the negativity recently, like with FTX and all that stuff. So there's a lot of, a lot of growing pains, a lot of scams, um, a lot of mismanaged projects, but beneath it all is a much better, and I believe, um, future for us all, if we can utilize these. It's a tool. if We can utilize blockchain and it's ancillary uh, technologies, which include NFTs and include cryptocurrencies and tokens and all that. If we use them correctly, they, it could really help mankind out. It could help the world out. And again, it's a tool if we use it incorrectly, like a, a knife, for example, can be used to you know, defend oneself or commit a crime. If we use it correctly, we can you know, really help ourselves. And if it's used incorrectly, uh, it could be like you know, a bad scene for everybody too.
0: You know, it's kind of funny. um, When you start to talk about all the positive and negatives, the first thing that pops in my mind, obviously, you've got all the rug pulls and Logan Paul stuff that's happening in NFTs. But I start to think about artificial intelligence. Um, uh, Artificial intelligence is crazy. It's saving my podcast agency tons of money. We're able to do a lot better work. But there's also a lot of negatives to AI as well. I start to think in you know, you, you may, may or may not have an opinion on this, but last year, everybody was talking about NFTs. That's all people were talking about. Buy NFTs, got to invest. Now everyone's talking about AI. So have you noticed that in your events, the conversation has started to segue out of just the sole NFT conversation and more into AI and what's happening
1: there? Yes, um, that's happening. I mean, there's some big you know, breakthroughs where now the public itself can start to use AI, you know, like in the past, AI was used kind of behind the scenes. And yeah, sure, with, with the, uh, the blow up of the crypto market of, you know, of NFTs, uh, many of them losing value, for example, you know, it's just not as much interest right now in it. Um, I absolutely agree with you that that's happening. But you know, look, NFTs have only been primarily used, and public probably only only sees them being used as a digital representation of art, or actually um, a virtual art. And there's so many more uses for it. So it's again, it's just in its infancy. I mean, AI, AI is—it's some crazy stuff going on with AI. So. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, both, they're both big topics. Um, but AI right now has a spotlight, right? They came out, I can't, I can't remember the name of it. It's GPT. or GPT. It? Right. So I've yet to play with it. But, um, you know, it's, I think it's the first one I've known that where the general public can get on and actually start using AI. I'd say about three or four months ago, a friend of mine told me um, a story. In fact, he's going now and he's studying many different technologies because his belief is that the parceling of these different technologies together are gonna you know, be able to make him because he's interested in um, a fortune. And then he was citing how somebody had produced a children's book in a matter of, of nine hours. He said it wasn't the best children's book but it was like really professionally done and it was done mostly through AI and then using the different technologies to actually have it published up and running and he, freaked, he just freaked out the whole industry because you know if you going to publish a book it could take you years and here in nine hours with ai and uh the new technology something was done in nine hours so uh, the world's moving very quickly I, and I, I i i
0: don't necessarily think that everyone should be freaking out about ai but i do believe that if you want to be successful if you want a competitive advantage over the next I'm even gonna say six months. You need to, I think it's important to start playing with it, uh, especially if you're a business owner trying to find some unique selling propositions. I'm leaning into it. Um, in fact, I'll put a link below to a recent episode of my primary show, After Hours Entrepreneur, in which the entire episode is completely generated by AI, from the title, to the description, to the script, to the voice. It is mind-blowing. I'll put a link below so you can check that out if you're ready just have your brain explode. Uh, just make sure you put on a helmet first. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, well, that's freak. what I meant by freaking out. I didn't mean, I didn't mean, if I was saying freaking <laughs> out, I didn't mean that it's, um, you know, people are, should be freaking out. Although, although they should, they should be very wary of it, but they um, are freaking out there. It's mind-blowing stuff. To me anyway
0: i think that there should be some because yeah. like you have deep fake porn like someone could put your face i have a six-year-old daughter someone could put my daughter's face into porn and then spread it all across the
1: internet like that's kind of freak that kind of scares me that kind of thing right. i saw a woman i, I don't know her name is happened to see that she was um in tears and somebody was making fun of her but she was in tears because they took her face they put it on I guess in a virtual body of some sort, yep. And you know, she's having sex on on camera. It's not her, and it's a young woman. I think it's disgusting. And the person I was laughing, you know, shouldn't laugh because obviously we all have brothers and sisters and you know friends and family. The last thing we all want is ourselves plastered all over the internet, um, you know, and in some nefarious way like that. It's really, you know, some it's it's horror.
0: horrible. It's horrible. There should be. I mean. I won't go too deep down that rabbit hole, but I think that that's if you're creating that type of stuff uh, with malicious intent, like there should be severe, severe penalties for that. And, And, you know, to that effect, one of the things that's interesting to me about AI and what's happening there is it's it's really making it difficult for us to determine what's real and what's not real. The lines are so blurred. I'm wondering if NFTs and blockchain can play a role in helping us to figure out what actually is legit. Who is real? Do you see any applications there, Jordan?
1: Absolutely, because every time a, like a, a token or something is created, it's timestamped. Um, for, exa- for example, NFTs are digital representations of goods and services. So they, they represent a finite actual thing. Now it may be something that virtual art, which most of it I, I have no interest in, but a lot of the virtual art, like if you looked at Board Apes, is an actual membership to something. So these NFTs actually represent something. A lot of times, it's tangible, and if it's not tangible, it's a finite um, service or goods, you know. And that's I, believe, I do believe NFTs can bring some uh, reality and honesty and integrity back to to finance and in, into you know transacting, you know, in general. And that's that's one of the reasons why I like it. How do you see
0: that playing out? Right. Because when I think finance, um, I definitely don't think trust, generally speaking, how can NFTs bring the trust back to the financial system?
1: I can mean, just quickly, like one of the projects I work on that, um, looks to do exactly that. So for example, um, we, I, I'm working on a project where we are creating nfts that represent goods and services and those nfts are the data is is collected on them and for you're able to value we have we're creating a valuation uh, engine and that alone will be able to to show the best relative values of different goods and services and so you know, NFTs are tokens. Tokens are digital representations of goods and services, um, and if you're able to take those goods and services and and they're digitally represented, and you're able to get a value on them with a valuation engine, which I can go into in a little while, you can you know you can have some in, some more transparency in the system itself. That's what it comes down to, really. And eventually, I I believe, and this is really deep down while I love what I do, is I believe you can remove the medium of exchange and just start exchanging goods and services for each other if you know the value for each. So the tokens that represent them could be used as actual money. So, I mean, that's just a a synopsis of what I'm working on and why um, I believe that we can use these, these technologies to have a fairer... And uh, more transparent system, and it, we certainly need that. Do, your website is
0: itembank.nl, right? Correct. Yes. Itembank, and that's b a n c .nl. I'll, I'll put a link below. Really interesting. One of the questions I have, though, Jordan, is to me the way that we find valuation now, generally speaking, in the NFT market is OpenSea. So, how is itembank.nl different from OpenSea?
1: So OpenSea's is mostly concentrating on art. I mean, that's what that's what they're there. They are Although they're sort of an aggregator of NFTs, their real functionality is to be a auction house for art, right? In virtual art. So yeah, you just go to the open market, and that's what their that's what their value is really, pretty much on 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 um, on the open market. But if you started to, for example. Um, try to understand the value of, of T-shirts, for example, or, you know, we, let's use coffee because coffee is already um, commoditized. We already know how it, how it works and the price works. And so if you wanted to understand what is, what's the value of coffee um, and in Yugoslavia, right? Probably they don't have coffee plants in Yugoslavia. They probably have to import it. And what, you would, how it's, how it, what we're doing to offer transparency and it's not perfect. So we so we offer the best relative valuations and we do that by, as coffee is done today, you take the, the, the crummy coffee, the dirt coffee, let's call it, with the finest organic coffee and you average it out. And from there you're able to understand what coffee is is worth by the pound in Yugoslavia. Um, or maybe they use the metric system, so, you know, but, um, it's not perfect. It's similar to like a house appraisal. So you would, you know, the house next door, for example, has a pool that one house doesn't, you have to add value on. So you start to do that. And if you use t-shirts, you know, one t-shirt, the average t-shirt, let's say is $2 cost for the average t-shirt. And, you know, that's a cotton t-shirt. Well, if it's a polyester t-shirt it's made of inferior material, you probably would think it would be worth less money. And where if it was a hemp, T-shirt, you know, if made it the finest hemp, it would probably be worth more money. And that's, um, it just gives you a handle on on value. And this information is typically only known to professional traders and, and people that are professional and in, in, let's say the T-shirt industry, they, you know, they buy and sell T-shirts all over the world, you know, stuff like that, where it will offer a smaller manufacturer who may not have that information, the ability to have to have that data now and to make an intelligent decision based on it, or even just a an individual like you and I who want to, for some reason, we're going to buy a hundred T-shirts. You know, we want to know, hey, what's the value of these things? Where can we get the best deal? And um, you know, the- so it's it's it, you're tokenizing
0: real real life items. Am I hearing you correctly? Or you're pegging an item bank token to currency? So it's all outside of kind of the manipulation that happens with. Um, typical financial markets
1: our intent is to eventually actually to tokenize the real items, but initially and because of the technology, we're able to switch around what we're doing because we we thought we had to tokenize real items to get the data, but we can now get data. There's self uh, reported information can be verified. The veracity of it can be determined. So people are self reporting information. On certain items, and we for that we give them a token. We take in that data, and by using and we can then t- we can then derive valuations as the data comes in. So we could also theoretically scrub the internet and scrub everywhere and get the data and do it that way. But um, and who would actually use it? So we're creating a community with what we call validators that report the information, and then we take all the data that's reported and we're able to derive the information from that, The, the uh, I'm sorry, the valuations from that. Now, those that report the information to us, again, we call them validators, they get a token for doing so. And then that token allows them, they can redeem it for the valuations that we derive. So they're giving us raw data and they can buy back the analyzed data. That data um, eventually has Will have its own value in itself, and then those tokens could be traded freely on a secondary market.
0: It kind of reminds me of the the proof of work concept that we talked about in the blockchain, right? Yep, you a prove, little bit. The, you do the work, you kind of prove the value, you get a you get a benefit back, which can be used to purchase other goods and services.
1: Sure, you got you're getting the benefit that are getting back again is the they can um, they have the ability to buy the analyzed data. But that analyzed data, for example, we have uh, numerous manufacturers that say, hey, we'll pay you for that information because we want it. So it, it has value. So, you know, you just report that da- the, the, um, the pricing information on a certain set of items. And for that, you get, you get again, you get a token and then you can buy back again our uh, derived valuations. Or you could trade it for something else. If somebody else wants the valuations and they'll pay you fiat for it, or they'll give you you know, meals in a restaurant for it because they want that data, then that's what you would be able to do. What's been the biggest challenge in building
0: out this platform? You've been working on it for several years. What's been the biggest challenge?
1: The biggest one I'd say is, is uh, regulation more than anything. It really has changed a number of times. There have been other challenges. For example, the there is a lot of volatility in the market, as we mentioned. So when a market uh, takes a hit, even though in blockchain, there's so many different markets in it, our, what we're doing is completely different than the speculation. But when a speculation takes a hit, the investment money drives up to a degree. So between those two, um, yeah, it's been quite an up and down ride. On a positive side of things, the technology continues to improve and make things a little bit easier. So, yeah, super. Interesting. And I, I I can't help but think that AI
0: might play some sort of role in helping to to update. Because, like, to your point, if the cost of of coffee increases dramatically because there's a for, there's a fire in a major field in, in Colombia, for example, You have to like continuously. You have to have validators going all the time. AI seems like a natural fit. The only challenge there is you can't be rewarding AI with tokens. What's the what's that going to do? What are they going to do with the tokens?
1: No, but we could we could put the AI in the background and use it as one of the determining factors in our when we derive the relative valuations. So we want people to be involved. We want people to be validators. that's also our way of building out the community um, and having, you know, an everyday person involved in it. Like we could just do all big businesses, for example, but the average person wouldn't be involved. And the idea is to get to get them involved, to get average people involved. You know, and they go to they go to a supermarket, for example, and they report um, let's use t-shirts. They go to the supermarket and they see the price of t-shirts there and they can report that back. And and for that, they get a little something. So the, the, again, the idea is to build up the community, but AI will definitely, will be involved in everything in our lives. So we're yeah, so different.
0: Yeah, it, cha- it changes everything. Like I said, my company is working way more efficiently, way higher quality, much better profit margins using AI tools today. I can only see where it's gonna go in the future. Uh, love the project, Jordan, very innovative. I love seeing the utility that people are, are leveraging, not just the artwork. The artwork is great. I like the pretty pictures, but I like the utility. Uh, Jordan, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're working on?
1: Right, so the website's the best place, and that is um, Item Bank. it's one word, and bank is spelled with a C at the end, dot NL. I'm Nancy Larry. so. Boom, Jordan, thanks for joining NFTs
0: Made Simple and sharing your project with us today.
1: I wanna, I wanna throw one more thing out there. Please. Just this past week in California, I don't know if you saw this, but now they're taking car titles and using them, using NFTs for car titles. It's a pilot project, but it's just the beginning.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I've been, I've been hearing kind of like rumors of we're going to be putting home titles and mortgages on the block. I think there was one that was put in through an NFT in Florida, actually. So. That's super interesting. Car titles on the blockchain? Who would have thought? It makes sense. It makes makes perfect sense. sense. So all you people that laugh at me, all my family members that laugh at me when I start talking about NFTs at Thanksgiving dinner, your car title is going to be on it. Just wait. That's
1: right. It will be.
0: Love it. Jordan, thanks for joining NFTs Made Simple, brother.
1: Yes. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody.
0: Blessings.